welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I am Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Oh, I like that. Uh, experts. <laughs> experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, Regan. Hey, Kat. How are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. I am, um, do you know what? I'm exhausted i'm gonna be honest i'm really excited about this but i'm not exactly sure how the brain is gonna make the words into the sentences today that's okay it's okay because i've got a spencer style glass of red wine to help me through it excellent see that's where you're lucky that you're recording in the evening and you don't have to go pick up children after you do the podcast yeah that's true um yeah, picking, doing the pickup with booze on your breath is never a good luck. No, no. I mean, it, I think it's worse than being hungover. I think hungover, they will turn to blind an eye to. But I think like reeking of booze, not so much. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say I haven't done it. Like I have had lunch and a, a couple of glasses of wine and then gone to pick up the kids. Um, but, you know, I'll own that. I'm OK with that. It is what it is. But the easy thing for you being in London is you can take public transport. So like you can just walk them to the tube and it's not a big deal. And you're not being like a drunken driver. Whereas here, public transport blows. So you're always having to drive. So you have to be a little bit more responsible during your day drinking. Yeah, you don't want to pull a Gina on the Real Housewives of Orange County on the way to the school pickup. Oh, God, no, that would be awful. Mega orcs. Anyway, we're really excited because this is our um, third full episode and we have our socials up and running and there has been so much chatter on our socials. We find you guys so welcoming. It's so nice to have like a tribe of reality TV hardcore peeps. We have found our people. Love it. Um, so we are, we're on Twitter, uh, TV Husbands Hate. Uh, we're on Instagram, TV My Husband Hates. Uh, Facebook, TV My Husband Hates. And we have been running some polls across all of those. I'm going to do the Instagram results because I don't know what's going on with the Facebook polls. I couldn't make them work. Dude, the Facebook polls have become the bane of my life. And I don't know why, because in other groups that I'm in, they've been working fine. So fuck the Facebook polls. We'll do Instagram. Um, so we did a couple of polls. We did more than a couple. We did Captain Lee versus Captain Sandy. And I got to be honest, I thought it was a shoe in for Captain Sandy, but Captain Lee won. That's crazy. Um, I wonder if it's just people not turning into beyond deck or below deck med um, because Sandy is gorgeous. But you know what? There's something really lovable about Captain Lee. I actually like them both, but I think I feel like Captain Sandy does a better job of like fostering talent on her boat. Yeah. And also our poll came just after like the most adorable moment between Captain Sandy and Curtis Travis, where he was talking about the booze drinking. So I think that really influenced my, I definitely voted Sandy, but my sister was like, "Mm -mm, it's Captain Lee all the way. She's a sucker for a really good American accent, though. And then the next poll we had was whether Miss Dorothy, you know how on the we're talking about the reunion of Real Housewives of Potomac. We're actually going to do a minisode when we've watched all two or three. But um, if you did watch it, we're going to reference it a little bit. Miss Dorothy did like a this is all I did with the handbag thing to Andy Cohen. And we were like, we call bullshit. And I got to be honest, 79 percent of you agreed with us. We genuinely think. Dorothy walloped Candace with that handbag. Hell yes, she did. And I think Andy was a little bit afraid on the uh, reunion that she was actually going to wallop him as well. And I don't want to get sidetracked with the reunion, but Andy and the way he throws some shade just gives me fizzy knickers. 
He is the king of the polite shade. Like everybody oh. answers him. Nobody gives him any hassle about it. But damn, like he can throw it like nobody's business. It's like 10 seconds later, you go, what? Ha- what? Hang on a minute. He was shady, but I love him for that. Um, the next poll was whether we were team Kim or team court in the 40 feud. The sister bitch stole my look. Um I was so surprised. This was a dead heat. It was 50-50 down the line. That's so crazy. Because I think overwhelmingly, I feel like more people like Kim than Court. Court's not immediately likable. Um, I feel like my love for her has grown throughout the multitude of seasons that I've watched of her. But that re- that's shocking to me. Like that, that- it's, really, it's really interesting because I voted for court on this because I think you're right. She's not immediately likable, but I think a lot of it is to do with her anxiety. And I think she tries, I think in her attempt to like deal with and cover up the anxiety, she can kind of come off a little bit cold or bitchy or, but um, I actually felt for her and we're going to talk about the Kardashians. We've got one more poll to do, but I felt for her because I was like, she's going through some shit. Kim, really? Is this the biggest thing we need to be worried about now? That was my That was my thinking. Seriously, back off of her. She's turning 40. She's anxious about this birthday. And you had you did not tell her that she was talking in front of the entire like Mugler staff. Like, you failed to put that little bit of information out there. Also, I have to say, I think I I sort of want to get some sound effects for things like shocker moment or most relatable moment, like two Kardashians fighting over a designer was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, we're, we're definitely in Kardashian land here. Absolutely. No, he's mine. He's mine. He's mine. I was like, okay, like moving on anyway. So that was, it was a dead heat for Kim and Courtney. And then I put up one about, um, we heard on the grapevine that Kanye is trying to set up Chloe and Brad Pitt. And I was like, is this a good idea or a bad idea? I gotta be honest. I was surprised at this. It was a no. Everybody, the over, like, I think it was like 72% said she should stay away. Holy crap. I would totally go for some Brad Pitt. Like, he's been through some shit. He's co-parenting. Like, they're kind of in the same vibe of life. Like, maybe they would help each other out. 100%. I think it's, I think it's a good thing. But anyway, uh, apparently the internet disagrees with me, so screw you. Um, anyway, that's, that's a good start because that takes us very neatly it's almost like we planned this shit takes us very neatly onto the kardashians which is what we're starting off with absolutely so this episode of keeping up with the kardashians was all about like the second part of true's birthday and chloe really kind of opening up about the issues between her and tristan and uh court's 40th birthday yeah we um we talked like we sort of alluded on social on Instagram to the fact that we were going to discuss Chloe and her approach to the co-parenting thing, because I have to say, like I people who don't watch the Kardashians, I think write them off really quickly. as kind of vapid, stupid, um, materialistic biatches. And actually, they in a lot of ways, they couldn't be further from the truth. And I think Chloe's approach to her relationship with Tristan for the sake of true is not just inspiring to watch, but like it almost 
just makes me want to cry for her because she's so raw and this is so soon. And despite all of that, she is still just being nothing but an adult, a grown up. She's doing the right thing. She's thinking about true. And like, I've given myself goosebumps thinking about it. I could not be, I mean, I'm like, I could not be more impressed with her. No, I totally agree. I think if anything, like this episode really showed how childish he is and how he's making it all about the two of them and not really making about his daughter to the fact that he even brought something up to Kanye about his song being used on the show when discussing the breakup. Totally inappropriate for his daughter's first birthday. Whereas I think Chloe just held herself with such poise and as a as a fucking grown up and is like, hey, you're her dad. You need to come to her first birthday. Our shit can be put aside like I don't know. I think I think he's a child. I do. I mean, I think he's a. I, I think I called him a bag of donkey bollocks on social media. Um, I like a colourful description, but I just thought, Tristan, dude, you're fucking lucky to be there. Like you are lucky to be there in the first place. Don't turn up and start acting like a dick. Like fucking own it. Stay quiet. Head down. Do the photos. Be there for true. Shuffle on out. Well, this is the thing. I hate the saying, act like a man. But you know what? Be a fucking grown up. Like, you fucked this relationship over. You were the one that did everything to a pregnant woman and after. Like, you need to shut your trap, be there for your daughter, and be a supportive co-parent to this amazing woman who has thrown this amazing party for your daughter's first birthday. I 100% agree. And I felt for Chloe the whole way through and... If you're listening, Chloe, which I'm sure you are, we have all the big love for you because we could not. I don't I don't, I don't think I could do it. No, I think that would be incredibly hard, especially being such a public figure and having such like a traumatic public breakup that's public between all parties involved. Like. I can't even. And when you're pregnant and the hormones like and it's your first like I remember having my first baby. I can't even imagine throwing in like a love rap baller into all of that like just chloe you are a queen and we will forever be on your team 100 percent. and you know also throwing in the tv show aspect of it like you're going through all of this and you've agreed to film these you know eight weeks or however long their filming schedule is like you've already committed to this so you have to kind of pull it together i think she is just the ultimate goddess. I think she is handling everything really well. And I don't know. I hope, I hope Tristan gets his fucking act together. Yeah. I mean, I, I really hope they don't get back together, but I just, and I don't, you know, but I just hope that he can look at Chloe and recognize how it should be done. I, I mean, my, I, my hopes aren't high. I've got to be honest. No. And I, I, completely didn't mean that I want them to get back together. I think he has burned her way too many times for that shit to even be crossing her mind. But I agree. I just want him to like take, you know, a step from her book and be a grown up about it and be a good dad for true, because ultimately that's the only person that matters in, in that triad right now. Yeah. And lucky for him, uh, he's more likely to pick up on that because Chloe's modeling that behavior. Like if two adults are just at it, altogether that there's no hope but she's like she's going to do everything she's going to sacrifice everything to try and make this as pain-free as possible um so the other big theme of this week was obviously courtney courtney's 40 
Cord, cord, I want to make it rhyme, but I just can't. Cord, cord, cordy forty. I can't make it happen. But I've been working all week on it, and I'm still struggling. Um. So yeah, it was really interesting to see her vulnerable. I think. Yeah, I think that was a really nice kind of insight to her. And again, I mean, we talk a lot about like personal growth on this show, and I think her or on this podcast. Her personal growth has been huge. I mean, I think she has dealt with a lot of pretty major things throughout the years, like over on the show and really try to have to navigate what it's like to be on the show with your kids, with your boyfriend, with your ex-boyfriend and how all that co-parenting looks as well. I mean, I think that's what's kind of cool is I think every character, like every person on the show is dealing with co-parenting and they all deal with it in very different ways, but it's always kind of with the same feeling behind it. Like it's, it's for the kids and they really try to make it work. But yeah, 40 hit her hard, man. Hit her really hard. And also she's blazing the trail. Like she was the first to have kids. She was the first to get married. She was the first to get, well, not get married, but she was the first to separate. So she's always blazing the trail. Um, And I think 40 did really hit her hard because I don't know whether her and Scott will get back together. I don't know whether they should. I mean, there's there seems to be a lot of implication about that all the way through. Even though he's with Sophia, there still seems to be this question about whether they are going to get back together. But she's just very much, and I get it because I'm not far from 40, very much in that point where she's like, I'm 40. I didn't think I'd be on my own. I didn't think, you know, business-wise, she's probably behind the rest like I think it's a lot for her and I think you do naturally reassess and she suffers from anxiety I think that's been a lot for her to handle no I totally agree and I think you're right professionally she if you look at like her sisters and things like that but she also had a kid way earlier and their popularity kind of grew while she was really focusing on her kids like she didn't really do a lot to kind of promote herself or their brands or anything like that so I think she's hitting it now from a very different place, which I think is really exciting. It's exciting to see where she's going and what she's doing. And oh my goodness, I totally sobbed at the gift that Chris gave her, those like Disneyland signs. Oh my gosh, I could not, like Chris Jenner. I, I love her, but she makes me feel like the worst fucking mother in the world because I genuinely, I have no doubt Chris Jenner has everything ever the first lock of hair of every kid the first footprints of them all like she's got everything and she has six kids I have two and I haven't like I couldn't tell you where any I literally have nothing to give them and she's like she's just so good at gift giving and oh I cried my eyes out it was so thoughtful and I think that's what's what I really admire about Kris Jenner as a mom is that she does have six kids. She's also very, very personal with each one of them. Like she and yeah. Kim have a different relationship than she is with Chloe, than that she has with Court, that she has with Rob, that she has with Kendall, that she has with Kylie. Like all of them are different relationships and she makes it all work and she holds it all together and she's created all these millionaire billionaires. And it's just, it's amazing to me. Does a woman ever fucking sleep? I have no idea. Because I only have two kids and I'm not running any kind of empire. And I am literally on the edge of a nervous breakdown every minute of the given day. And she's just like, where does I mean, I know she has people and we don't see the people. Like, I know she has people. But even managing those, it's still a lot. Like, how does she do it? 
I don't know. It's still a job. Like I really struggle having two in school, my own small business and my house, which is (laughs) probably a quarter of the size of hers, if even that. And it blows my mind. Yeah. And but going back to I mean, that was a beautiful present going back to Chloe, uh, to Courtney. I felt like we obviously we did the poll with team Courtney and team Kim. I just it's so weird. I feel like Courtney must feel a little bit left out. The relationship between Chloe and Kim is so tight. And I know like if you go back to old school Kardashians, definitely Chloe was the one that felt left out. But now the tables have turned and I feel like Courtney Kim is just kind of mean to Courtney. And I know Courtney is difficult. Like I get that. And and actually Kim just has zero time for it. Um but it's weird seeing how protective she is of Chloe and then how mean she can be to Courtney. Like the dress trying on for her 40th was always like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah, I mean, I did make a note about all that and was like, Courtney, if you don't want Kim's opinion, don't invite her because she is going to be a bitch about it. Like, we all know this. We've been watching the show for ages. And I mean, I think they vacillate. I think Kim right now is being super sweet to Chloe because of what she's going through. And I think she has a little bit more sympathy for Chloe than she does for Court, because Court's kind of like just dealing in her own head and dealing with turning 40, whereas Chloe's issues are, you know, she's throwing these two massive parties. She threw Court's 40th. She threw True's first. She's dealing with this crazy ex. It's super raw. It's super new. And she's just trying to hold it together. I also think Kim has a shit ton going on. Like her husband's Kanye West, so he's doing a lot. She's going back to law school. She's having four kids. And she's got all of the like Kardashian brands. She's done a shapewear line. She's got makeup. Like, when the fuck does Kim Kardashian sleep? No, well, I'm with you on that. And no wonder the kid is sick. Like, no wonder her hands are swelling. Like, her body is like, can you just for a minute calm the fuck down? Can we just take a little break? Yeah. Just literally a hot minute would be great. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, it's crazy. She is. She is mental. And again, it goes back. It's so frustrating when people don't watch the Kardashians and they just write them off as these awful people. And I think you only have to watch it for a bit. All right. You might not like them. And they are like totally valley girl. Like, I get it. It's annoying. But you can't take away from the fact that they fucking work their asses off and they have created successful business after successful business after successful business. And they and they are spinning all the plates like I will never hear a bad word said against the Kardashians. No. And now they, all of them, but Kendall have kids. So now they're all juggling the kid admin. And again, they all have help. We all know that. Um, But still, I mean, help is not a replacement for mommy. And those kids, you know, those kids go to their moms when they're at the house for everything. And I know they have nannies, but I still feel like they're not the mums that just hand them off to the nannies. I still feel like Courtney definitely is obviously, she's an attachment parent. Um, I feel like Kylie never goes anywhere without Stormy. She's always like, I don't think, I think they've got help, but I don't think they're passing them off and like forgetting that they're there, which is totally what I would do if I could. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so the Kardashian, and then we had, no matter how much I watch it, I still, I still look at Kanye as if he's, like not of this world and not in a good way. Like what is the Sunday service thing? Uh, just the ego is out of control. Yeah. I, I do think he thinks he's God. 
Like, he uh-huh. is God of, you know, the 2000s. He is, he's and, God and, of nothing yeah, yeah, in yeah. my mind. Um, but yeah, I, I genuinely, I genuinely was like, okay, so we're doing church now. That's, that's what we're doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's been doing it for a while. Like it's been every, I think it's every Sunday in California and they've been doing that. And then in this episode, we see that they gave him like a Coachella spot for his Sunday morning service. And I don't know. It's all very bizarre to me. I don't really understand it. Um, the music sounds good because it's this amazing choir. And if you're going because you enjoy the music, there's no judgment here about that. But yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, I don't know much about it. I know there's a thing called Kanye Sunday Service and I could read up about it, but I can't be asked because by the time I'm done, he'll be on to moving like he'll be moving on to running for president or something. So I, I, I don't have the time to deal with Kanye's like t- twists of fancy uh sunday service a little bit of promo slot for him fine done let's move on yeah i'm a skull digger kanye i know those that's a kanye i can get on board with yes funny clever not spiritual trying to make himself irreverent yeah exactly um and then we had the sister bitch doll my look i feel like we've sort of done this but um it, it was literally the most unrelatable moment of reality TV in my entire life. Ab-so-fucking-lutely. Like, I totally agree. I thought it was really sweet, like, that she ended up finding her address and lent it to her, and she looked amazing, and it all worked. I still Did don't understand. Think? I don't understand uh, how a dress that would fit Kim would fit Court. They are two... Well, she did say that she'd had it, like, altered... Well, they would have to. I mean, Court is like this tiny, petite woman, and Kim is this, like, glamazon all about the curves. Like, their their bodies are 100% different. I thought the dress looked great on Court. I wasn't that keen on the dress on Kim. I didn't like it on either of them. I'm going to go out there and say it. I, 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 it is obviously not my choice. She looked gorgeous, but... I I did think that there were other dresses that she could have worn that didn't mean I was just constantly like, I'm going to see your minge now. I'm going to see it now. 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 Like I I couldn't get, I basically was just looking for the snapshot. Sorry. Donatella Versace is now going to come to your house and beat the shit out of you. (laughs) That actually scares me. Scares me. Um, So yeah, I think everything I've got on my notes, we've touched on. Uh, and then Courtney's party, party, of course, happened. She's like, what did she say? She said, to, she said she wanted a grown and sexy vibe, which I just like if I get one of those a week, I'm OK with that. If I can do grown and or sexy once a week, then I'm winning. Yeah, it's never at the same time. They, they always alternate. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. But um but then they have that family photo. They always have a family photo. They have, there's like 11 billion of them and they have a family photo literally every month. We are a family of four and I swear to God, there are two photos of the four of us in existence. Like that's all we've managed in six years. I don't know how they do it. I think it could be an American thing because we do it every year. So like we have family pictures taken every year in the fall and I think maybe that's just an American thing. I don't know. And they come on and they, they do and like listeners. I feel like that was quite interesting. Listeners. Um, they do. And Reagan sends us um, 
her like family Christmas picture and the Christmas card with like the letter of what you've been doing each year. And even that, I'm like, fuck, how, like, how do you do that? I, I can't, I can't, I just don't, I just can't figure that shit out in time. I use the same photographer every year. So I book him ahead of time. So like, we've already got it booked for October. Also, Jimmy doesn't like spending money. So he wouldn't like, he's like, just buy the, just buy the Christmas or don't buy the Christmas cards. It's send a text. Um, and then we had the trailer for next week. Chris Falls. I did get some intel on that. I did post it. Apparently, Kim's security tackles her. We don't know anything about it. Obviously, she's fine because I feel like we would have heard if Chris Kardashian was in a wheelchair or dead. She's not. Um, but I, I, I'm shocked that Kim's security has tackled Mama Chris. Who doesn't know who Chris Jenner is? Right? I mean, just especially- show of hands. Like, who doesn't know who she is? Like, especially because she's probably the one that sorted the security anyways. Like, rough, rough day for first day on the job for that security, dude. Somebody definitely got fired that day. Yeah, I found an article about it. We'll post it in the Facebook uh, page and group. And so everybody who wants to read all about it, um, it'll be up there this afternoon after we record. Um, And then... Okay, so I feel like we've done the Kardashians and Reagan is in charge of the schedule because um, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. So she's going to tell us what's coming up next. So we uh, saw the season finale of The Hills. Now, if you're an American listener, you saw it last week, but the UK got it this week. So we are now talking about the finale of The Hills New Beginnings. I... I'm going to go out there and say I have loved this reboot and this finale ending was for me so good and I loved it because and I'm going to start with the end like I'm going to start with I'm going to start with Spidey because who a little bit like I said last week who would have thought Brandon Lee was going to be the wisest man in the block Uh, who would have thought that Spidey was the blueprint for a great relationship and as somebody who's almost been married 10 years as well Anybody who gets through 10 years is deserves a fucking medal. But if you've had all that money, lost all that money, been married to the guy who ate all the pies and then and then did the crystals and then all of the reality, the fame, the all of this and you get to 10 years and you genuinely they look at each other and they fucking love each other. I was sobbing like a baby and I know like if you'd have asked me 10 years ago whether I would be this in love with Spidey. I would have stabbed your eyes out with a blunt pencil, but I am this in love with Spidey right now. Yeah, I mean, I think they genuinely really care about each other. I think they genuinely like each other. Whereas I think earlier, like when they were on the hills and they were together, I don't know if they genuinely liked each other. I didn't know if it was a little bit more of like, they're in the public eye, so they're really trying to make it work. But I think when we saw them drop out of public eye for me my guess would be that's when their relationship really kind of came together because I think that's realistic like you don't know kind of what you have until you don't have a lot of it and then you really have to rely on each other and they really had to rely on each other they moved I think they moved to Costa Rica and like lived there and just pared it all down and for me I bet that was kind of a really bonding point in their marriage that really solidified it to make it to 10 years well, I think marriage is easy when you've got a shit. T- well, I don't think marriage is like I, there is a like a there's a caveat here. Like if you've got a shit ton of money in the bank and you've got people to help you and all the rest of it, I think marriage is a lot easier. And I think marriage really 
stands the test of time if you can go through the really shit stuff and come out the other side. And I feel like I kind of agree. Maybe it was for reality TV right off the bat. But actually, now I see them now, I think, well, actually, maybe it wasn't. Like, maybe they knew something that we couldn't see or that wasn't shown. It was edited very much to make them into this, like, fuck you, couple. We don't care. We're just going to go off and do it. But actually, maybe there was more to it then. And I think they've stood the test of time. So to watch them stand there and both get emotional and gunners right there and all of that, like, I really... I'm a spidey fan and it kind of hurts me to say it, but I am. <laughs> and I don't and I don't care who knows about it. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of her dance number and her song. Um, I felt like that was a bit awkward. I love that Whitney's like, um, I don't think she was singing lot. Mm-hmm. No, she definitely wasn't singing. But you know what? Props. Do you know what? It's like, It's her fucking wedding day. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. That's exactly right. Like, it's her party. She can sing and dance to pop music if she wants to. So, like, as far as that goes, I give her props. Like, she does her thing and she is who she is now. Um, I feel that more so in this season than I did way back when. Um, I think she's just a little bit more okay with who she is and what she's going through. So, good for them. Wasn't my cup of tea, but good for them. Um. And then, like, I feel like I can't decide whether we're going to spend hours on this or skip over it. I, f- I feel like we can make it quite short. But Caitlin and Brody, like, the dra- like they're all like, we just don't want any drama. Well, then don't get up and storm out the house. Like, ding, ding, ding. You are creating the drama. Right? Like, just if, if Caitlin doesn't want any drama... Why don't you just go say, Ashley, can we have a quick chat? Um, I'm kind of annoyed that this is going on. So can we just put this to bed? No, no, we're going to get up. We're going to storm out the house. We're going to get everybody involved. Um, And then we sort of cut, like we're doing it. And then we cut to Caitlin with a full glass of red wine. So I don't know how committed she actually is to leaving the party. And then as this episode goes on, it's a theme. It's a theme. Literally the only person talking about it is Brody. Yeah, I think everybody else is totally over it. They're just like, whatever, dude. Brody's still going on going, our sex life, our relationship is our business. Well, I mean, you're not wrong, but you did put it out on a podcast. And you're still talking about it. And now it's on TV. So are you just trying to make yourself still relevant? Like, are you just trying to, you know, keep reminding people that, you know, this was said and you don't know what's going on? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm over. I'm over them. Yeah, we don't want this to be about us. Yeah, sure. And I'm a fucking monkey's uncle. That's exactly what you want it all to be about you. Um, But then, and then there's that interesting moment at dinner where Caitlin's like, I mean, everybody's kind of a lesbian. People are like, well, not everybody. Um, I mean, if you are, that's fine. But let's (laughs) not make a general statement. I mean, hindsight 2020, of course, I feel like she was trying to tell us something but um but yeah that that dinner and then we had um Heidi try and slip in a little date for gorgeous Brandon who by the way if I wasn't the age I am and if he wasn't the age he is I would be all over that like a rash absolutely like well done I don't even remember what the dancer's name was but she was like Megan, one of Heidi I think. Megan you're right she was like one of the backup dancers and like 
he threw it down. They had a great time. Like, it didn't seem like anybody's feelings were hurt. Like, it didn't seem like anybody was expecting anything more. Can we just talk as well about his, his like, approach to this? Where he's like, I just chucked Spongebob up there. And I'm like, is that prison lingo for something? No, it's just but a no. different generation. But no, he literally just put Spongebob up there. And that that's what sealed the deal. And gave her his clothes. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's all I, we're really looking for I have all the love in the world for Brandon Lee and I feel like having Pamela Anderson as a mother-in-law would be just the wonder of all wonders oh she would be amazing to sit and have a cup of tea with and just chat like the stories that, that woman has I know I know bless her and then we, we went through Caitlin and Brody are they married are they not married they're not married they're not married they're not married um and and she sort of says some financial stuff going on I mean I don't know what that means, whether it was a prenup chat or whatever. It's just so fucking weird. Yeah, that's what I took it as. I took it as they couldn't really come to an agreement on how things would be divided. And so they didn't get married. And kind of in hindsight, that was probably better because they're not together anymore. And they don't even have to do a divorce. Yeah. And I mean, I think we can all see, like, even without hindsight, like if we can sort of forget the fact that we know that it's Caitlin and Miley sandwich right now. Like, I think without that knowledge, we could have, we could all have predicted this. Brody is not in a place to commit. He's basically like, I love my wife because she lets me do whatever I like. And, you know, that's, it's, it, 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 I can't even speak. I can't even make a sentence out of that. He's just so broken and damaged I don't even know if it's that. I mean, I think a lot of it is that, but I don't understand why people who don't want to get married are forcing themselves to get married. Just don't get married. Nobody cares. Like you do you like you just want to be a DJ and sleep with loads of chicks, be a DJ and sleep with loads of chicks. Like you don't have to get married and then cheat on your wife to do that. Like just don't get married. Also don't get, don't get married, but not get married. Like just fucking make a decision. Yeah. Like, don't play it off like, fuck the rules, man. We don't like to do paperwork. Like, I'll fuck off. You just didn't want to really be married and you couldn't decide how your money was going to be split up. Be real. Yeah, this is not, it's not a good start to a relationship. And then anyway, eventually Ashley steps up. She acts like a grown up. She does what I think we said she should have done last week, which is go, this is my experience bringing up a kid when your husband's not around. That's why my advice to you would be this. You don't have to take it. That's fine. You know, there was this season, obviously, this episode was obviously a lot of making everything good again and everybody becoming friends, Um, you know, and I think that, you know, the Justin Bobby thing brings us to that. Now, just watch, just a side note, Justin Bobby, necking your girlfriend at the dinner table is just never a good thing. Like it's just, nobody wants to see you tonguing somebody when they're eating a taco no i mean you do that shit when you're like 12 and 14 at the roller skating rink like that's when you do that and then after that you're like nobody wants to see that yeah and he turns up to the wedding looking like a fucking extra from the lost boys and i'm just like (laughs) i'm now at the stage with him a little bit like shane from the oc that as soon as he comes onto my screen i want to reach in and give him a wedgie like i like i just he just it's like nails down a board for me you want to like get in his face and go boo, yeah, just like exactly. throw tomatoes at him, make him like feel really in, bad. Like the woman in Princess Bride when she's having that dream walking down and that old <laughs> hag comes out and she's like, boo, boo, 
Like, that's what I want to do. Yes. Um, that's exactly anyway, what I had in my head. Yeah. I knew that you did. That's, you know, because it's like telepathy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, because it's the end of this season. We all have to make nice. And he does make nice. And I have to say, like, I still want to punch him a little bit. But he does the right thing. He takes it. He owns it. He goes and apologizes to Audrina. Yeah. And I mean, again, I'm always of two minds about these things happening on reality TV. Like, is he like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have been a dick on TV. Now I really need to make it up to her. Or was it really heartfelt? Like, I'm hoping it was heartfelt. It seemed like Audrina took it as being heartfelt. And I mean, she she needs more friends in her life. Like, don't get too close to him. But, you know, it's never nice when like a friendship ends really shitty. No, and to have bad blood between somebody in the same friendship circle isn't nice. And, it, you know, you don't have to make up and be buddy-buddy, which is, you know, but you do want to just have the conversation get out, just for the sake of the friendship group. But actually, I think, I think he did the right thing. I still just don't like him. Um, and worryingly, I don't think we can write him and Audrina off. No, I'm... I think old patterns are going to raise their their ugly head again and again, because I think that's the way that's their dynamic, right? Like they get very close. It gets very sexual. Then somebody runs away and then they're not friends anymore. And it's all a bit, you know, crazy. But I do think that like two grown adults who have a disagreement should be able to be together in their same friend group and just make it work. Like you just put things to the side and you move on. Right. You just be grown ups and get on with it. Um, and can I just ask you as well, wasn't there like a really weird moment in there? And it might have been like product placement, but like all of a sudden we cut to Whitney getting ready for bed and she kind of looks in the mirror and puts her like mouth guard in or Invisalign in what like other teeth straightening brands are also available. Um, and kind of just laughs a bit. And I felt like that it was, it felt really weird. You're looking at me like. I don't remember that bit. It was weird. Go back and look at it. It was odd. Yeah, no, I'll totally rewatch it, but I bet it was crest white strips because I think the white strips no, people... No, it, it was like a... It was like a hard retainer. Yeah. Was it just a night I, guard? Could have been that. Could have been invisible. It could have been anything, but it was It was so weird. Ooh, that it was I'll, like, I'll watch it now. I'll put my thoughts up in the Facebook group about whether or not, like, what we think that weird thing, like, that weird cut to was. I'll watch it when I, we get... I could be talking rubbish, but if you did watch it and you thought the same, then put it in the group or put it on Instagram, put it wherever, we'll find it. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that was, that was The Hills, and I am so pleased it's back. I hope it keeps coming back. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised we come back and Audrina and Justin are together. I can't see Justin and... Uh, 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 whatever her name is. But whatever her name is. Um, making it, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what's next, babe? Okay, so that brings us to... Sorry, I have to go back to like last week for my notes. The real... Oh, no. Below Deck Med. We'll do Below Deck Med and then The Real Housewives of the OC. Okay, give me a minute. They're on the same day here. Got it. I've got my notes up. Okay. Um, So, yeah, we cut back into Below Deck Med while the seas were getting rough. I always love it when people get seasick. It just... Oh, man. It's just brilliant to watch. That girl, like, could not even stand up. 
No, it really hit her hardcore. Like, I think that's the first time I've ever seen a guest like on the ground and like not being able to get up. I mean, those those seas are pretty rough. Um, I did think like Hannah had a really funny quote that I wrote down that was like, I thought my career giving hand jobs was over because <laughs> she's like <laughs> giving also, her a hand. But also what I love is that it doesn't matter how fucking rich you are. You can still be on the floor puking your guts up. Oh, I think that happens all the time on that boat. The amount that those people drink and then as rough as those seas get, it's rough seas. Rough seas are a true leveler. Um, The love affair between Sandy and Travis continues. Um, I think that might be my new favorite relationship in uh, in Below Deck. They have a white party. They have a white. We had white glove gate. And the white party, which I wrote down, Puffy called, and he wants his party theme back. I know, right? It's Come so on. old. Let's be, a, let's be a little more original than the white party. And yeah. also, I feel like every season of Below Deck or Below Deck Med has had a white party. Like, let's be more prepared for this shit. Well, and I mean, it's not, it's obviously not like the the yachties thing, because it was like in there, it was in the guests, like... You know, yeah, the little paper, course. like their preferences that they wanted a white party. But come on, very, very rich people who are getting yachts get a little more creative. They will literally do whatever you want them to do. Yeah. And I love it. I love Aisha, Aisha, Aisha. But she kind of like unwittingly, and I don't think she meant to, but she did kind of set Hannah up a little bit. Like she went to Sandy first. Sandy's like, sure, that would be awesome. I love it. Bearing in mind, Sandy's been on this, like, I want our tables to look better and I want to up our game. And then she goes to Hannah. Um, uh, we wanted, we're going to do the white glove thing. She's like, no. And then like that bitchy moment of Hannah, which is like, oh, why not? Like in her most New Zealand accent. Oh, why not? Mm-hmm. And Hannah's like, because I don't want to. And I just Hannah, Hannah, <laughs> Hannah. Like, babe. But she didn't say, I've been to Sandy and Sandy really wants to do it. So the first, I, I kind of get why Hannah was pissed about that. But Aisha being the awesome girl that she is goes straight up to Hannah. She's like, fuck, I'm really sorry. I fucked up. I shouldn't have set you up like that. Right, right. Like, and I, and I think that's what I like about Aisha. Like, I think she's really real. I think the minute she said that, she was like, fuck, I just threw her in the shit. I shouldn't have done that. Because I actually really think this season, the crew really works well together. Like, they all really help each other out. I mean, they obviously have like their foibles and their you know bits and pieces but um i think as a whole they all really come together and and work well but i feel hannah is i don't want to use the word lazy because it's not what it is but i feel like she's jaded i feel like she's been in this for so long that she's just she was jaded with the white table like it, it was average and the white glove service she was like oh, i don't want to do it and i just think it's she just needs to move on she needs a new job she needs to get out of it she needs to do something new yeah i mean i think we're seeing the typical decline in like hannah's attention to detail and her job i think we see it every season like once they hit a certain point she just doesn't give a fuck anymore and i mean i i Personally, I think if I was spending a shit ton of money on a yacht, I would want the place settings to be magical. I mean, I can do I'm not even that way inclined and I can do a better table at my house than what they had at that white party. Yeah, me too. And and I am I mean, I am that you, you know, I love a good table, but um, I mean, I've worked seasons and it's really hard to keep your enthusiasm up because they are so exhausting. But you just have to remember that even though it's your fifth sixth seventh 
go round. It's the guests only time. So you just have to bring your fucking A game every time. And I think she's been doing it for so long that she just can't find the enthusiasm. And I get like, I get it. She gives no fucks. She gives no fucks. Jack is suffering. Well, was suffering from blue balls, but um, I feel like Aisha has relieved that particular problem. Well, wouldn't you if somebody had this like beautiful sheet that's been spray painted with red spray paint looked like a little bit like a murder sheet, but was like super cute. It looked like a scene from Dexter. That's what it looked like. Right. But then it asked her to be his girlfriend, which I thought was a very sweet, like romantic gesture, even though the sheet was creepy. And so like they have this lovely moment and. And even though the news broke, even though the news broke this week that they're no longer together as well. I was so bummed out. So um, but yeah, I definitely would have. I mean, I definitely would have shagged him after oh. she after the. Sh- I, you, I, who wouldn't, right? He deserved a smash for that sheet. <laughs> Some mucky cuddles coming straight his way. <laughs> he deserved a root. <laughs> he did. I mean, how many words can we use for like shagging? Essentially, yeah. That's it. I, I think um, we're done there. I think we're living vicariously through um, Jack and Asia. Oh, yeah. But I loved Colin's rap, how he wrote like a little rap for her about it. Like, that's what I mean about like this crew really coming together. Like everybody put their shit, like put down what they were supposed to be doing and really pulled it together for like Jack and Aisha's moment. And I thought that was so lovely. I I totally agree. And I love that Hannah was always like ever the chief stew. I'll just get some champagne on ice. Like she was always like, I'm just going to enhance this experience for you and just do every, I'm going to keep thinking about the next step. Um, she did a great job. I think talking about Hannah though, she was like grumpy. And I think the arrival of Ben has really threatened her. And I wrote quite a lot about this because they've obviously worked together before. She is really, she is a great chief stew. She's exceptional at what she does. And Ben's the same. Ben is an exceptional chef. And I think she's very used to being the very best at her job on the boat. And I think Ben coming in threatens her. And and he's a natural leader. He's one of those people that's just friends with everybody. He's not bitchy. Um, and I think she really, and he calls her out on her shit too. Yeah. And I think she really struggles with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think when Hannah does really well, she is like the strongest personality on the boat like she has everybody kind of in check and i think she felt that way a little bit because obviously like um things were going wrong in the kitchen for like this entire season so like she didn't have to worry about contending with that she was running her stuff the kitchen was so bad that all her stuff looked perfect she looked great yeah yeah and i think now that ben's in there kicking ass she's like fuck I've got to work my game. But it was really interesting. And we're sort of skipping about. But when um, Sandy reamed her out about the interior, uh, like sh- they were kind of highlighted. I literally wrote and I swear on my life, I wrote this before she said it. I was like, Hannah could go one of two ways. Either she's going to prove Sandy wrong and fucking bring her a game or she's going to say, fuck you. Uh And then that's exactly what she said. And I knew whatever Hannah is, and she is kind of a little bit entitled. Like, you know, there's a lot, you know. um, I knew that she would always go, right, fuck you, I'm going to bring my A game. Oh, yeah. Like, I think think in that way, you and I can really identify with her. Because I think in our hearts, we're those girls too. Like, well, fuck you, watch this. Yeah, Um, exactly. 
So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I knew she was leaning that way. And I hope to see her like step it up and make Sandy super excited. The one that really surprised me about this season was Joao getting like super snippy with Sandy about the fucking spark plug on the jet ski. I saw that. But then it turned out he was sick and he wa- and he wasn't and he's really sick. But I don't know if you saw the episodes before where the guy whose name I've totally forgotten the seasons before sorry um where there's this little guy from america he's like kind of cute and a bit young and he gets i think it might have even been episode one because it wasn't captain sandy it was the other guy that isn't captain lee right whoever that guy was yeah yeah yeah. that was Um, the first season of below deck but he gets really sick and has like a fever of 103 for about three days before they call the doctor like with joao they called the doctor in the middle of the night after Mm -hmm. four hours um but again, that's Captain Sandy. I think she's like, no, we need to get this sorted. But he's sick. And I hope he's, I, you know, I hope he's okay. I'm sure he is. Yeah, but, I'm sure um, we'll see next week. But yeah, spark plug was, he's like, it's not the fucking spark plug. She's like, just test the spark. Anyway, they test them. Obviously, it's not the spark plug. So Sam's right. like, well, okay, that's fine. Great. Lovely. But you I do what I tell track. you because I'm your fucking captain. Yeah, and I and you know it's interesting because in previous seasons Joao's kind of been a misogynist. Like it yeah. hasn't been this season, but I wonder if him feeling under the weather and not right. being fully on board kind of triggered a little bit of old behavior for him. He was a bit like it's not the fucking spark plugs, and I don't think he would necessarily have spoken to Captain Lee like that. No, I totally agree. I think I, obviously he wasn't feeling well and it was fine. Um, but there was a lot of little like competitiveness, like when they pulled up to that boat that had all the toys out and Sandy's like, put all the fucking toys out. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'm competitive as fuck. I, yeah. could t- I would to- I like I would be exactly the same. Um, so, yeah, we're going to see how Hannah gets on. I love that. You know, Ben and Hannah are kind of a little bit head to head. I love that the guests are always like, geez, are they fighting in that? It's a little bit like mum and dad are arguing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that'd be one of the most interesting things about having a yacht is like spying on the crew. Like what is going on down there? Who's having sex with who? Like, because you know what happens. Oh, yeah. You totally know what happens. Um, And then Curtis, you know, in terms of Curtis's drinking... He held it together this week. Like, I feel... I mean, they didn't go out on a big bender. They just went out. The boys just went out for dinner. Um, right. And Aisha. But, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see his journey, see what happens there. Yeah. I think, uh, so I think, I think that wraps that up, right? Yeah. So that has us move to the Real Housewives of the O.C., um, and this week we open with Emily's trip to Vegas for her anniversary uh, that her husband decides not to go on and he wants her to make it a girl's trip. Yeah. But you know what? Only so that he can hijack it at the end and look good. What a dick. Yeah. Which still kind of pissed me off. It was just like, well, dude, if you told her to have a girl's trip, why are you acting like these ladies shouldn't be here? And I did think it was a little bit weird. So Emily is, has been training to like do this like sexy burlesque dance, which actually I thought like once we finally saw it, it was super tasteful, super like modest, like you couldn't see anything. However, I did find it odd that her in-laws were in the audience, even if it was going to be her 10 year anniversary, (laughs) then it became a girl's trip. Tamara has like the best quote about this where she's like, happy anniversary, babe. I gave your dad a boner. Yeah. I mean, listen, this was all 
for me, this was a weird thing for Emily to do. And I feel like she, in her mind, she thinks she's doing it for Shane, like a sexy thing. But actually what I think is this is just a precursor to her kind of finding her strength and her confidence to fucking leave that guy behind. Like when women stand up and start celebrating their body and shaking off all the bullshit and standing in front of an audience, that isn't, I love my husband, I'm so committed and we're, and I, I don't, that's her proving something. And I really felt that this was like her moment to go, even though she, th- and I do think she thinks it's like, I love you, Shane. Actually, what it, what she's really doing is going, fuck you, Shane. Well, and I think it's also like she got a lot of backlash last season because she's not as small as the other women. She's not blonde. Like she looks very different than all of them. But that woman's got hella confidence. And I think a lot of this was probably fueled by that as well. Like, you know what? Fuck you. Like, if I want to do this dance and look sexy, I fucking can. And I'm going to. And I, I, I thought it was weird, but I thought it like... It was cool I agree. too. It was weird that her it, her in laws were there without her husband, but also I just think Shane set that shit up like just so that he could walk in at the last minute and steal the limelight. He never misses an opportunity to be a grade A fucking wank puffin, and I cannot, yeah, I cannot bear him. And I did not. If any of you out there saw him come in and thought, oh, he does love her, which I'm sure you didn't because you all have fucking brains, then I. You, this is not the podcast for you because no. he he manipulated that fucking situation. And even he comes in, kicks all the other women out, and then he's just a dick to her again. Yeah, like he was he was not nice to her afterwards. He was an asshole. Like I feel like um oh like he's talking over her about like not listening, cracking jokes about like being married to her is like being in extreme marriage with like three exes. And it's just like fuck off every we response, hate you every response is a fucking smart ass comment like there's no serious relationship there's no serious chat there's no recognition of the fact that they've even been married is it their 10 year anniversary as well yes so even that you know there's no there's nothing loving or respectful about it everything is just a manipulative bat down and i genuinely hope he gets syphilis and his penis falls off yeah I mean, I think I think everybody I, I hope all your listeners are with us. Um, I, I feel like we all wish that on him. Like I also wrote down that like they had a 15,400 square foot penthouse with a private pool. That's like five times the size of a normal house. And, and also what I love is that Barry Manilow is staying there as well. So like either they decided that Emily from the Real Housewives of Orange County was worth with like higher value than Barry Manilow or they've got like a 20,000 square foot penthouse that they've put the Manilow in I'm sure because I think he's doing a residency there so I'm sure there's like a massive penthouse over the entire top floor that like that's because the he'll he'll live there to do like the residency and I'm sure like this this casino has paid Bravo or whatever to like have her do the dance and and do all that kind of stuff. But like, I love when she's pointing out how amazing the penthouse is to Shane and he's like, well, don't send me the bill. It's like, no. Oh, my God. I want to fucking stab you. (laughs) There's literally nothing that comes out of his mouth that could like just not justify us fucking killing him. He's just awful. We hate him. It is what it is. And and it's not even like you can go, 
well, there's this tale of two stories and, you know, it's everybody's got... The, there isn't... A, there just isn't. He's just awful. No, um, he even says, I accept the way you are. Almost like she's the fucking problem with the relationship. Because I literally wrote down, what a fucker. Yeah. I mean, that's. I think that says it all. But can we just have a moment of appreciation for Bronwyn, who's left alone in that penthouse by herself? Living her Val- best life that day. <laughs> her best fucking life. With Valentino, the butler. And she's like, on the piano. And then in the bath in her swimmer. Like, I just... And you know what? It's just like me. Give me a fucking hotel room by myself. I'll use every product. I'll wear the dressing gowns. I'll order room service. I'll, re- I'll get all over the minibar. Like, she was my spirit animal in that moment. I fucking loved her. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're not even that close. Cause like Emily invites Bronwyn and Kelly to this weekend, which I thought was kind of a weird thing anyways, cause they're not super close. Like they, they yeah. just met Bronwyn. Um, so maybe that was part of like the thought process. And I know like Emily was texting Gina and Gina, obviously it's not the right time in her life to like go and have a Vegas balls out weekend. But um, yes, I wanted to be Bronwyn in that moment. I completely connected with her. I love how she had the butler taking like pictures of her all over the place. Instagram. The cartwheels down the hall. Like (laughs) I'm here for all that shit. Um, But also going back to the Gina Emily thing, because obviously they've been besties. They came onto the show together. Um, They knew each other. And I think it's really, really interesting. Gina's obviously in a very defensive place. Like she's, she's on her ass right now and she recognizes it, but I don't, what I don't think she does recognize is that Emily might not be, it might not be as obvious that Emily's on her ass, but she clearly is too. Like her relationship with Shane is hanging on by a fucking thread. She knows it. We all know it. She's like heading down that station. Neither of them are emotionally available for the other. And it's neither of their fault they're just not in that place. No, and it's I just think, shitty timing for their friendship, and I think right? Gina's making a little mistake in the way that she's handling it. She's starting to bitch about Emily. And I get it. Like, she can't see the wood for the trees. She genuinely thinks that Emily should be there for her. She's not in a position to recognize that Emily's struggling too. But this is going to come back to bite her on the ass. Yeah. And I, yeah, because I mean, I. I feel like we're not seeing Emily do that. I don't think Emily's saying anything bad about Gina yet. There's some previews for next week's episode where she kind of blows up. But we are definitely going to see something come of this disconnect between their friendships. Yeah, I agree. Um, So then, uh, is it time to move on to Arizona? Yes, Miraval, which is like a super expensive health spa here like i i looked at it because my mom mentioned it one time and i was like we can't spend that kind of money um that's insane but yes it's a very like spiritual how much are we talking holistic. come on give us the give us the numbers how much are you talking well, now i have to look it up um i feel like the stay isn't that expensive it's all like the treatments and stuff and like everything costs a lot of money which is fine like it you know i think it's a perfect way to spend like a girl's weekend i was in the position to do it at the moment and i and it's all vegetarian when i looked at the menu it was all vegetarian and i don't roll that way yeah um no me neither although my yeah, my husband's obviously vegetarian so i can't right. bash them i'm not would not not that no, i would no, ever no. Bash yeah, yeah. i'm not bashing them but if i'm gonna spend a lot of money for like a weekend i want there I want to be steak. some nice champagne and some good food I'm with you. So we go on to um, 
we go to Arizona. Kelly is, uh, it's obviously Kelly and Shannon. This is, I mean, first of all, can we just talk about how hilarious it is that they get off this boat, uh, boat, they get off this bus, they're taken straight to a yurt for whatever, the sharing thing. And they're all outside, like taking off their Louboutins. Like it just felt such like a weird vibe. I feel like, they weren't quite ready for this. They weren't quite prepared mentally or physically for this wellness uh, weekend. No, and part of me is like, didn't somebody send around the web address? Like, you can just yeah. look at it and know this is not a place you need to wear your Louboutins. Wear your Uggs. It gets cold in the desert at night. I don't know. But um, yeah, it, it was a very like large disconnect. But um, I was so put off by Kelly at the end of this episode because it's like constant jokes, constant being a dick and just like making stupid jokes. Like I wrote down, like I do long duck dong every morning. And it's just like, I know we're not 12. Well, and like you are, we all know you don't want to be vulnerable. It's very painfully obvious. And like, you are doing everything you can to like joke yourself out of this situation. And it's not fucking working. Stop. Yeah. Uh, no, a hundred percent. And I think, she, I mean, we sort of had a little midweek chat about this and actually we wrote down, we talked about yeah. our notes. We wrote down w- word for word, almost exactly the same thing that she's masking this vulnerability with kind of jokes and it, and she thinks it's hilarious, but it's just not landing. Um, no. and, and like it's a poor choice of words when we talk about what happened next. Cause obviously her like bonk on the head did land when it came to Shannon. Um, <laughs> did you like that? Looks I like, like that here one. all week. I'm here all week. Um, so she twats her on the head with a mallet while she's wearing the bowl. And it's a dick move, but we get where it's coming from. It's a dick move. It's, but let's just put this in perspective. Well, they are also sound bowls. So like sound does reverberate in them. It's not just like a random pot. So yeah. I think like when she hit her, it hit some frequency or whatever. Like I will admit, I think... Shannon probably did not feel well. I don't know if Shannon needed to go to urgent care. She wasn't missing a limb. She wasn't bleeding. She wasn't throwing up or showing any other signs of concussion or anything like that. I yeah, have a- and also she, she talked about having like, but she said, I just took my contacts out. My vision's blurry. I was like, mm. That, you it's just probably because you took your contacts out. out. Yeah, yeah. No, but I had she, that exact thought. She just reminded me of my five-year-old who like grazes a feather and is like, I need a band-aid, you know? Yeah. And I like, I get it. Maybe she's just playing up to the cameras and earning her paycheck. But for the love of God, you're fine. Just get a good night's sleep. Everything's going to be okay. And Kelly calls it. Kelly knows. She's like, I guarantee this bitch is going to ramp this shit up. And she does. Right. But, um, and then we end with the, not, we're not like, obviously I think there's more to talk about, but we yeah. end with the clanger. Like, do you want to press charges? This is an assault. Like Ugh. for us in, well, for us in England, we're like, are you fucking kidding? Well, people in America are also saying that exact same thing. Like, let's not make general like statements. I wasn't like, holy shit, she totally should. She needs to sue. Like, that's what they need to do. She could <laughs> sue her. She could set herself up in a house. It would all be fine. No, like, come on. Like, she made a bad joke. It was bad. She shouldn't have done it. But she wasn't fucking assaulting her. No. She wasn't assaulting her. It, it, that no. was not the intention. It was a bad joke. And that maybe, was not assault. Right, right. Not assault. The thing is, I'm like, 
I always, I think you and I are very similar is where we go back and forth on Tamara. There are some times I really like her, but on this time, Tamara on one hand points out that she thinks Shannon is overreacting, but she eggs her on with like these stories about like her ex hitting, like her ex before Simon, like hitting his head and like his brain filling up with spinal fluid. It's just like, oh my God, like, you know, Shannon, don't fucking tell her that joke. Like, don't tell her that shit. You know, it's just going to ramp her up. You've been friends for ages. Shut your fucking mouth. Tamara was born with a fucking wooden spoon in her hand and she just takes the opportunity to like wind Shannon up and like, great. It's made for brilliant television. I could watch Shannon overreact all fucking day. Um, But she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Well, then they pull Vicky into it. They like call her and like now Vicky's feeding into it, like via her phone. And it's just like, she just got bonked on the head wearing a sound bowl. I think she's going to be okay. Nobody assaulted anybody. Nobody needs to go to jail. Remove the stick. Remove Tamara's wooden pot stirring stick out of your ass and chill the fuck out. I mean, honestly, I've hit my kids' heads harder on the car on the car when I'm trying to get them in. Like literally Every twice time. a day. Yeah. It's, I think Shannon's going to be. If you're worried about Shannon, I think she's going to be fine. Absolutely. I mean, she's at like the holistic healing epicenter of Arizona. I, I think they'll figure something out. Yeah, and then next week, obviously, we have uh, Vicky Gonvalson landing in Miraville. I don't think Miraville knows what's going on. I don't think Miraville does uh, whooping it up. So I, I'm excited no. to see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, I saw in some of the clips that she comes like bearing in and out burgers, which just honestly, as much as I hate Vicky, I'm like, oh my God, I love that. Though. Love you right this moment. I hope there's tequila what? in those cups. As, like, if I was in a friendship group with Vicky, I would definitely hate her. But because I'm not and I'm removed, I fucking love her. Yeah. Like, I fucking love her. She, I, I don't know why she's, I don't know whether she's chosen to take a step back or Bravo have suggested she takes a step back. But she's, this is what the Real Housewives franchise is all about. Yeah. I love Vicky doing all the wrong things. Yeah. She because she does them so fucking well. She does well, it with and I such. She has such a wicked, dirty sense of humor too. Like I actually really like that and really appreciate it. Like if you invite me to a holistic spa, I may be the one showing up with like French fries and burgers and alcoholic milkshakes or whatever. Like you just got to have that kind of sense of humor, which I really appreciate. I mean, I remember when I had a massive fight with my husband before he was my husband, and um. I called Reagan. I was like, I just don't think we're going to make it through. I think this might be it. We're breaking up. And literally within 30 minutes, Reagan was at my front door with a fucking takeaway, three bottles of Weight Watchers white wine and two packets of cigarettes. Yep. And we put the fucking world to rights. Anyway, she must have done something That's right. All you need. Here I am married <laughs> nearly 10 years later. There you um, go. So, yeah, that was Real Housewives of Orange County. I'm sure that Vicky will give us lots to talk about next week, for sure. So that brings us to the Real Housewives of Dallas, which I love the title of this episode. Donde esta Margarita? I know, but also that is great. But I really think the real uh, award for this episode has to go to Stephanie for Tramaya Carey. Uh, yes, I love the I, I wrote another one down, too, because she did a couple of them. you're not Beyonce. 
to him. Like she literally said that to her husband and I loved it. I love their relationship. I think it's a very too. give and take relationship. I, I just love the way she is with him. Cause obviously this is when like Deandra canceled the meeting with him, but didn't call him. She texted Stephanie and like, because she had a hair emergency and I love how Travis was like, like just didn't get it. Like he was like, cause she just put on a fucking hat and get her ass in here. Like this is my time. Oh, yeah, and then even when Deandra's trying to justify it to her husband, she's like, I mean, he's a guy. He doesn't get it. He's like, I, I, Just I say you're sorry. I don't get it either. Just fucking own that shit and call him and say you're sorry. And, and she does. her, she 100% does. She calls him. She's like, it's all my fault, but I really want your help. And he's like, okay, that's fine. No, 100%. I love Travis. I she fucked up. And then Travis's response just made me love him even more. He's like, what did he say? I've written it down. Hang on. I'm. Uh, this is the moment where I wish I'd written notes. Hang on. I've got it. Mm, no, I can't find it. But anyway, it was something like, as soon as someone apologizes, it's all perfect. Let's just move on. And I thought, yeah. I want to be married to you. Ding, 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 ding. The life lesson from this week. When somebody apologizes, you just let it go. You take it for what Accept it is it. and you move on. Move on. So obviously we were in Correas. Am I saying yes, right? We're in Mexico. But before we get there, oh. we have to talk about the awkwardness, which was oh Leanne God. I, oh God, in I can't that even. wedding dress shop. I can't even. I can't even. I listen. This is coming. This is pushing all sorts of buttons for me because um, as somebody who has like an account on Instagram with a certain amount of following and we get, you get given free shit. That, that, I mean, that is what happens. Right. Um, It just, that moment when somebody who, I I just couldn't even, I think, what did I write? Wedding dress shopping, awkward. Blagging was the worst. Don't tell me she can't afford that shit. I, it was just so bad. And I think I posted on social media that like, Kristen Wiig bridesmaids moment yes. where she's like, help me, I'm poor. It was just <laughs> like, it was just so, and I love the way that Leanne tried to spin it as if it was like some tough moment where she had to deal with her past coming through and she was the real victim here and she just can't afford a dress like everybody else in Dallas can. And it just came off so badly that made my ass clench so tight it was just so uncomfortable and she didn't even do it herself she made her wedding planner do it so she was just sitting there kind of looking to the side like pretending she wasn't there and here's this poor guy who has i'm sure has like a great reputation as this amazing wedding planner (laughs) who is begging for a free dress on national tv even now my sphincter is like it's just like it's up in my brain i can't even and he's like well the thing is we've we've kind of people have been sort of just doing this for us and i just every moment of that exchange was just painful like you're 100 percent right even talking about it like my feet are clenching i'm getting a oh, little bit too. sweaty like i'm, I'm just so uncomfortable who <laughs> <laughs> oh, does that who oh, I don't does know. that? I just, I can't. I, anyway, we have to move on because my but heart's she got beating it in and the too much. She got the dress. She did. And the woman's like, it would be my honor. And I want to shake her and go, mm. fucking stand up for yourself and don't crumble under this fucking bullshit pressure. 
Well, because Cameron already bought her dress for Leanne's wedding from the exact designer. And so they're like, oh, just add the price onto Cameron's bill. <laughs> Can we move on? Because it's yes, just let's too go much to Mexico. Me. Let's go to Mexico. Um, although before we go to Mexico, yeah. just a note about Stephanie and the way she talks about her mental <gasps> health, which is, by the way, entirely different to how fucking Leanne talks about her mental health, which yes. I have zero time for. And it's just a manipulation tactic and she can fuck off with that. And as somebody yeah. who suffered from mental health, I really appreciate Stephanie's honesty and openness. And Stephanie called Leanne out as well for the way she was using it as a manipulation right, tactic. Right. But, but just the way Stephanie is so open about you know, depression and anxiety and being on meds and owning that and the shame that she feels and the guilt. And actually that's something anybody who's ever been through that and been on the meds for can totally relate to. I know reality TV is just for fun and I know all of this stuff, but this was a moment a little bit like Whitney last week on the Hills with her miscarriage where it was actually, that was real TV. It wasn't reality TV, that was real TV. And I think that makes a huge difference to some people watching it, whatever you have to say about reality Well, and obviously TV. it has, because like in this episode, she's chatting with her life coach and she talks about how many people have like been, op- like reached out to her for help and are like reaching out to her. And that's part of what is actually fueling her a, a little bit of her anxiety. Cause she's like, I, I don't know how I can help all these people. And, you know, I just think like, it was so great. I think Stephanie is being very real, very genuine about what she shares but not doing it in the Leanne way of where like, well, that's just how I am. Like deal. Like I'm never going to change where Stephanie's like, I really want to change and be more open. I'm accepting this part of myself. I'm getting help and I'm helping others. Leanne just uses it as a weapon. She uses it to make people feel uncomfortable to shut down a conversation she doesn't want to have. And that's just so damaging to the whole conversation about mental health. It really makes me, angry actually watching her use that and i get that it comes from a place of like i get all of that but it doesn't make it any better the effects of that are pretty damaging so she needs like and and stephanie sees it and i think we can all see it but that moment where her therapist says to her your standards for yourself are extraordinary and it is that and it is that thing that if you're feeling shit and you feel like you're not good enough and you're feeling like everybody else is doing it better imagine what you would say to your best friend or what you would say to somebody else you would say you are amazing and you're doing great and it's very difficult to say that back to yourself so that message in itself was for me as somebody who's been depressed just was brilliant I loved it well and I think that's huge I mean I I really think we're all very guilty of that to, to varying degrees and like we we have very I think most of us have very negative self-talk about like what you've yeah. done or you, you've dropped some balls, you fuck shit up. But it's like, think of yourself as like a little kid. Like, what would you say? You just give them a hug and be like, it's cool. Like, let's move on. Let's do, let's do it this way. Yeah. A hundred percent. Obviously we learned that Deandra hasn't done her own laundry since college, which again was a bit like the Kardashian moment, like a contender for most unrelatable moment of the week. Um, right. But then we head off, then we head off to Mexico and, just watching them all use that toilet was hands down the funniest thing I've seen. Yeah. Like I, I really kind of appreciate this. So like they flew into Puerto Vallarta and then drove for two hours. So they're driving through like very rural Mexico, which that's what that is. Like, that's what that is. Like that's a very, you know, small town, gross toilet. I mean, you, you get them driving to Texas to be really honest with you. Um, (laughs) 
But when you got to go, you got to go. So, you know, you, you don't have a thing. One thing that I did love is when they finally get to, uh, I, I never know how to say this. I think it's like Carasays is, is the town. Car- We're just yeah. going to say, let's say, um, let's, let's say, say Carrie's house. Carrie's house. Carrie's house. Perfect. I love how they are all in 100% agreement that Deandra is, quote unquote, a hot fucking mess of a roommate. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Even Deandra's like, you don't want to share a room with me. Yeah. So I think like during this trip, Leanne is kind of being a dick to Carrie. Like she's making these wisecracks. Um, I don't think I think on some level she means them to be funny in the beginning. But I think when Carrie calls her out and is like, why are you being so negative? Then she starts getting really, really nasty. Yeah, I agree. And I also but I mean, there is a part of me that gets like there are seven bedrooms like these are 50 year old women. Like, why do they have like, why do they have to share? I mean, I get she's the host. She's made the decision. That's fine. But there is a little bit of me. It's like, honestly, if I was there with seven women and I knew there were enough rooms, I'd kind of be like, can I have my own room, please? Absolutely. Or put fucking Deandra up there. If everybody thinks she's a hot mess roommate, give her her own room. Put Leanne in the twin. I think Leanne's deal is she just didn't want to sleep with somebody else, which as an adult, I, I kind of get that. I don't like sharing beds either. But, you know, there's a way to do it, right? If, you, if you're Leanne, don't just throw away your throw around your Louis Vuitton and your ego like it's going out of fashion. Just say, I'm sorry to be really difficult, but would you mind if I like took a room by myself? Like, how hard is that? Be a normal human being. Like, Carrie's the host. Like, say, thank you so much for organizing all this. Would it be possible for me to have that other room? Like, it's not against you. It's not against anybody. Like, I just think I'd be more comfortable. Like, that's being yeah. real. Totally. And I think, you know, we, we talked a bit about Stephanie's mental health stuff here and, and how Leanne does it. This Mexico trip just really showed that explicitly. And just the way that Leanne is wielding that mental health, she's wielding it like a weapon. This isn't about being open and honest. It's not about like removing boundaries and shining a light on mental health. She's doing this as a manipulation tactic to shut people down when she doesn't want to have a conversation. And it's vicious and I don't like it. No, I totally agree. Like she wields it like she is just super aggressive about the really I mean, don't get me wrong. She's had some tragic shit go on in her life. And like she opens up a little bit about it and it's horrific, but it's not a fucking weapon. It's not a tragedy train, as I think like Deander called it, like slow your roll and just be real or don't open up to these women, because I think that's what it is. I feel like it's a defense mechanism that she does not want to open up and she just wants to shut everybody the fuck up. And she just uses it to make everybody feel mega uncomfortable. And and talking about those things like mental health or sexual abuse, it is fucking uncomfortable. But if you're talking about it in in a with good intention, then it's it, then it's about opening up a conversation and not shutting it down. And that's what she's doing. And it like I feel it personally. It pisses me off. It just it's the it's just so bad for our discussion around mental health. Um, I mean, I know it comes from a place of hurt and damage and all of that stuff. But it's she's you know. She's on it. She has kind of a responsibility to deal with this a little bit more responsibly. And it and I'm glad that Stephanie calls her out on it. I'm glad that Deandra calls her out on it. You know, I think Deandra says she's continuing to justify bad behavior with the problems she's had in the past. And and she's right. She's not the only one to go through sexual abuse. She's not the only one to have suicidal thoughts. And and, and not everybody who does that behaves like she does. It, it's not a justification. 
No, and it's not made any better by, like, Cameron kind of hyping her up. Like, Cameron is, like, a WWE hype girl. Like, she's on those ropes, and she's like, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't do this, or she did this, and, like, really winding Leanne up. So, and I think that's why we see the explosion at dinner. Like, Leanne's been all hyped up. It's not hard to do. Like, you could, like, touch her, and she'd get all wound up. But I, I really, I don't like the way, like, Cameron was really jabbing it in kind of like Tamara on The Real Housewives, but I think Tamara's a little bit more smarter about it. I think Tamara, maybe Tamara's a little bit more aware that she's doing it. Maybe not. Who knows? But I think Cameron was just like, she just needs to shut the fuck up. I mean, Cameron and Tamara are like what I like to call reality TV fluffers. Like they're just, they just love nothing more than to mix that shit up and like throw a little something in and just watch it explode. Um, I do think Cameron, for her, she's not the sharpest tool in the box i think for her it comes from um just genuinely and quite justifiably being fucking shit scared of leanne and and i I, like you say we see like you know you said in the past we see her like coming up against other members of the cast but she will never do that against leanne and i don't blame her for that um i think tamra's a little more she's a little smarter about it um either way like Leanne is not in a good place on this trip. No, but I do love the prenup chat that we get from Cameron about like how she knows women who weigh in to get a larger allowance from Fucking people. Hell. Like what the fuck that what, what, and I loved her for that. She's like, if that was in my prenup, I'd be like, here's my cupcake. I'm going to eat it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She doesn't eat cupcakes. She's never eaten a cupcake in her life. Um, Anyway, we'll see what happens in Mexico with the Real Housewives of Dallas next week, I guess. Yeah, this brings us to Million Dollar Listing, which, yeah, I mean, I legitimately used to look forward to the show. This season, I'm really not feeling it. I feel like nothing much is going on. They're all throwing a bunch of theme parties. Um, We see a little bit of Dickhead Ryan come back. Um, And he's a little bit cocky to Tyler, but that wasn't even that exciting. And yeah, yeah. I agree. And I think there was very, this very, the only thing worth talking about is the absence of Luis. Like he made this comeback. uh, We all thought this was going to be an amazing, like an interesting season. Like who the fuck's his baby mama and how did this happen? And how's he going to come? What's all this? Um, And uh, his socials have gone dead. He was in the trailer for not in, not in the last episode, but the episode before, and we've seen nothing from. They've cut his scenes, um, and and I've looked like I've googled the shit out of this, and I can't find any comment or statement at all about where he is and where he's gone. I really hope he's okay because we know that he struggled with depression and sort of suicidal thoughts in the past. So I really hope he's okay, but. Um, there's not a lot left in real ha- in million dollar listing right now. I like I'd love to be able to wax lyrical about it, but I can't think of anything to say. No, and like I think also like their depressed real estate market does not help at all cuz like even the houses aren't that exciting. Like it, it's just not not scratching my itch right now. No, I mean the last season was amazing. We had Frederick and Ryan selling off these big blocks for multi-millions of pounds. Now we've got Frederick selling a $4 million apartment. I mean, even he must be like, I, even even Frederick is struggling to make this shit interesting. And if he can't do it, then literally nobody can. I mean, maybe maybe it'll 
pick up again. I don't know, but I'm not holding my breath. No, but you know what? If you feel like we're we're totally wrong and we're missing something amazing, you know, hop on all the socials, send us an email, do all that stuff, um, and and prove us wrong or agree with us. Like maybe we're totally in the yeah, right, we like which that is how too. we feel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we always love it when our egos are stroked. That's fine. <laughs> do that. Uh, but yeah, if you do want to drop us an email, the email address is hey at tvmyhusbandhates.com. Um, but also come and join in on the socials. There's lots and lots going on. Um, and if you've got anything to say or anything to post, or if you find out what the hell has happened to Luis, let us know. Yes, we are always up for like a good gossip article. Um, we'll be posting a few after the after this podcast. We'll post a few up on the socials and find your own. Send us to them. We always want to know more. But I think that wraps us up for this week. Um, Reagan, I hope you have a wonderful week. You too, Kat. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Please subscribe, rate and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.